Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode 109. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD pre-COVID to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, let's talk about the Port Adelaide Essendon game, which was yesterday. This is a Sunday afternoon for us. The score was 79 to 29, a 50-point loss. Port Adelaide probably a little bit um, missing a few shots. So they were 11 goals, 13. We were 4-5. So 24 shots to nine. Uh, a clear uh, dominant performance by Port Adelaide. Uh, from what was uh, an encouraging first quarter from the Essendon team, they they pressured well, uh, they contested well. Uh, once at quarter time, Port Adelaide addressed that and stepped up the pressure. Um, we again saw probably the our own system and how we wanted to play completely crash uh, if again. I'm, if I'm again, being, yep. If I'm being completely honest. Uh, I know some people have commented, that, you know, that they thought we tried well throughout the game. Well, let me tell you, in the second quarter, we had 11 players that had one disposal or less. Uh, that's just, that's awful, man. Uh, and in that second quarter, we had 15 players that didn't lay a tackle. So, you know, no, we didn't put in four quarters of effort. We had a horrific second quarter. They went out to an odd, you know, I think around about a 30-odd Point lead. Uh, the game felt like it was shot there and then. Uh, it was kind of neutralised the game after half time. Port went through a bit through the motions. We played okay, but obviously we still lost the second half and we ended up losing by 50. So uh, it's it's a pretty bad time if you're an Essendon fan, if we're being completely honest. And it's one of, the, one of the worst I've experienced. And it made for me, worse by the insipid, disgusting uh, press conference from our current coach, John Worsfold, which I think, you know, if, if I'm, I'm hot-headed sometimes and if I'm the president, I just say the next day, John, see you later, mate. Uh, it's been great. Thanks for stabilising 2016. Um, but enough's enough. You're not going to put our football club down on, on national media. And that's what I felt like he did. I, and, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, he put down Kyle Helker for the twice in, in, in a couple of days. And enough's enough. Like, you, you talked, he talked about Essendon as no longer us or we. It was definitely a, 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 a different language from John that had clear separation of Essendon, the football club, uh, a football club that he obviously felt like we were a bit arrogant and entitled that we should just demand success and uh, I'm sorry but if that's if that's not your thing um, after five years of being at the club and being 13th on the ladder with the third worst third worst percentage then it's time for you to go mate so uh, it's absolutely time uh, so uh, it, it was it was again mixed messaging uh, and let's go back so April 30th right this year, they, they interviewed John. Uh, we're going well. He he labels that Essendon, ha, you know, has every right to think they could win the premiership this year. That's his statement. No one else's. Yeah. That's on him. Uh, so if you want to keep going this uh, route of, oh, we're going to be Geelong in three years' time, and then the route of we're going to have 
very quick success and you'll see it next year till back to yesterday of uh, guys, you've got to have patience. It, nothing happens overnight. I have no idea what you're thinking anymore, mate. Uh, it's no. like it, it's getting stupid. It's getting embarrassing. Uh, you cannot keep flip-flopping on your message. We understand that, you, you know, that you're leaving in seven days and you'd like to be employed yourself at another club uh, and be in the industry. But the problem is it's insulting our football club now and, and I'm over it. I'm completely over it and I don't know how the club could accept that uh, yesterday. Uh, and if, if he's, look, if he's going to insult Cal Hooker one more time, then uh, you've got to understand, you know, what other players see in that. Because if you're going to give us that rubbish that we dropped Cal Hooker because we suddenly, you know, five years into it on my – with six days to go on my coaching career, I'm going to make a call that – Leaders shouldn't, you know, shouldn't just expect to play if they're out of form. Well, what kind of crap is that? You've had five years of leaders not performing. I mean, mm-hmm. you got you got you got the first eight weeks of Zaharakis. I mean, come on, like, don't feed us this rubbish. Now you're going to offend the guy who's one of the most loyal guys in the club, uh, who only two weeks ago played really, really well, shows passion in the Hawthorne game was the one that person who actually changed the whole energy of the game and do things around he's going to be your example come on man like it, it's just disgusting uh, i'm so sick of it i'm sick of that no one's actually standing up like why is it you know andrew welsh it's ramanask it's it's lloydie it's uh it's, Watson, it's, it's it's all the names scott they're all they're all horrified of what this club's become uh, and I'm not going over the top. It, it is a basket case at the moment, this club. It is an absolute basket case. Uh, it has no stance for zero, uh, and I'm over it. And you know what? The frustrating part is I can clearly see young players in our club who want success, uh, but, boy, have we not given them any platform or any culture. You want to talk about Cal Hooker being dropped for being out of form and, or not being prepared to play. And you're going to have Jake Stringer, about eight kilos overweight, who he's getting paid $600,000 a year to get five touches for the last four games and clearly playing way overweight, who can't even put himself while he's injured on a steady diet program like a professional actual athlete does. You're going to have Waller there overweight and you're going to have Cal Hooker as the example. How do you think a young player thinks about that, they see Jake Stringer playing well overweight uh, and can't perform, uh, and yet you're going to make an example of a, of a much-loved guy who's has been loyal and, and, and good to players as, as, as anyone's been at the club. Uh, it's just, it made me so angry, and I'm, you know, I don't know what's going on, but the short of it is, it is this club is in so desperate need of an external review, uh, and nothing internal. I don't, you know, if I hear an internal review, I'll just vomit because you need people from the outside. Uh, you know, I know they're not available, but wouldn't you love like a, a Neil Balm, a, a Pagan, uh, a, you know, that kind of uh, real good, strong, cultured men who who know success uh, to come into the club, interview the whole club. And start saying, here's our recommendations. 
your club needs a major shift. Your list isn't ready for success. Your list isn't built for success. And let's be honest, it's not. Uh, and then your recruiting uh, makes zero sense to how you're going to play. You've got a game plan that folds as soon as any pressure's on. So we need desperately a, an external view of this club. Uh, though I don't think it will happen, to be honest, uh, I'm just over it. I just You can hear it in my voice and I'm very passionate and that's how I am as a fan and this is a fan podcast. But uh, I'll leave it to you, Grant, but uh, I'm, you know... Uh, I'm I'm as um, upset as I've ever been, probably almost as an incident fan outside of the saga. Okay, right then. Um, geez, I hope people at Essendon are listening to that because uh, I've known that bloke that was speaking just then um, for a good period of time and um, a no more passionate Essendon bloke you will find. Um, he and I supported him since the... Um, since the the day we could say the word Essendon and we're both really, really, really disappointed and sad now. Like it's get it's getting it's I'm I'm starting to switch from pissed off to sad because it's sad that a, that the club would allow this level of decline at our club this quickly. Now in in business, in any business, Scott and I work um commercially and, and corporate environments, if you saw the performance of your company dropping like we have, and I don't mean if you had your star salespeople out and they couldn't get the sales for you or whenever, whatever the hell was going on, you had all those those star people out, then you 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 attribute a little bit of that to the bottom line. The, the P&L will look different because your star salesperson isn't there. But when you start to see people turning up and being selected to play unfit. Um, and if he's come back, if Jake Stringer has come back too early, then he's come back too early, then we shouldn't be playing him. Um, look, I know Josh Begley and, and Kobe much and those guys very probably won't be there next year, but I'm bloody sorry. A bloke like Begley who has been there all year and has been training all year and is supposedly fit. He deserves to get the chance. If Jake comes back from, um, from his injury looking like he did because he, he, he couldn't get out of first gear. Uh, he, he couldn't run hardly the, the bloke, right? So what's he playing for? This has got beyond a joke. Now the, the, the lack of players and the lack of continuity of Essendon and their 11 stars that we've got out and all this, that's great. But every single week we put 18 capable professional athletes out there. Now a capable professional athlete, does not consistently week in, week out, get beat by 10 goals, almost 10 goals, unless they're not motivated. Because you you, you come out in the first quarter and everybody's G'd up in the first quarter because the siren goes, you're fresh as a daisy, you've got the coach's words in the back of your head, you, you fire up and you go out at a, at a, in the first quarter. And the, even, you even win it. Heaven forbid you actually even win the thing. And then... A coach can make some of the most basic and simple coaching moves to stop what you were doing. And the, the, the commentators were saying all they need to do is this and this. Port just have to make this change and, and tell their people to make this change and um, that'll be interesting. And they did. They made the most simple of coaching changes that, the, that you could have and we didn't respond. We didn't respond 
on the on the ground. We didn't respond from the coach's box. We didn't do anything. So I said it last week, by, by God, I hope there are people listening to this at the club because John coming out today and saying, yeah, we, we, we're selfish because we, des- we think we deserve um, success. I'm not backing away from that statement. We bloody well deserve, do deserve success. We expect- bloody well paid our memberships for the last however many years with bugger all success. And we get told patience. And if we haven't demonstrated patience as Essendon supporters week in, week out, then I don't know what the hell the club's looking at. Well, do you think, do you think Koshy, when Port Adelaide finished 10th last year, said, oh, you know, would have made that statement? Do you think they're... He almost sacked Hinkley. <laughs> he almost sacked half the club at the end of the year. They're first on the ladder. I mean, come on. You, you... It's, so, it's so simple to see. And the bit that makes me sad is that I honestly think the club is just hanging for the next game to be over so they can just get out of this awful, bloody crap season and everybody can just go away on holiday and hopefully this gets forgotten because next year there'll be a huge advertising campaign that trucks the man and we're going to kick ass in 21 and we're going to, it's going to be great. And yeah, look, uh, what, 20, uh, 2020? Nah, no, about 2020. It's all about 21. And they'll suck me in again. They'll probably suck me in again and I'll get all excited about 21. But but where is Truck? That's the whole... That's, I, where, where the hell is he? Like, where's our president? Where's our coach for the next three years who signed for the next three years? Yeah. Who's our coach in seven days? Uh, we've got this mediocre first comment for 10 weeks from the CEO, which was just, yeah, it, it was forgettable, if I'm being honest. Yep. Uh, you've got... You got nothing. You, we've heard nothing. There's no strength, and there's no backbone. There's no, there's no um, uh, courage in in anyone coming out and saying this is not. And and I know Xavier said this is unacceptable, but it's almost like as soon as he said that, he then the went, next words were an apology. Yeah, then it's almost was like a PowerPoint of branding comments, and it was just it. it was frustrating because, you know, how can you not have a coach you've signed for three years? Be part of your system and have n- no communication to its members. Uh, and he's taking over in seven days. You, like- you know why, mate? I, know, I reckon I know why. And it's because if we if we said to John right now, today, thank you, John, your services are not required for the last game, right? And, and you, you're not required for the press conference. Jump on a plane whenever you like, right? If we did that, it would be, again, a gigantic Essendon scandal. And it would be further validation to what all of the commentators and all the Essendon supporters and dinky little Essendon fan base podcasts have been saying for the last 10 weeks. It would be club validation admitting that John's been useless for 10 weeks. So what they are going to do is that they're going to put the shutters up. They're going to build a dirty great big wall around the club and just they're going to endure. They're going to make out like John was went all to plan. John's exit from the club went exactly as they thought it would and that it was perfectly acceptable and we know exactly what we're doing at the club. You can say all of this. You can say all of that, supporters and former SNM greats. You can say all of that you like, but we knew the way this was going to go and the season and John's exit went exactly the way we wanted it to. That's what they're going to do because they're going to endure. 
They're yeah. going to just put up the shutters, let all of the, the 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 attacks bounce off the club, and then in three months from now, no one will remember. Well, you know, three months from now, they're going to have an AGM where they're going to announce that they have 18,000 less members this year. Uh, and then, you know, then hopefully there's going to be some people actually asking those questions uh, saying, well, actually, you know what, I've got friends who we all know who said they're not going to sign up for next year. So you've yeah, lost, you've lost 18,000 this year. You're going to lose a whole lot more uh, next year. You've got, you've got kids and teenagers swapping clubs and, Again, I had another seven or eight messages this week saying, hey, I was late to hear what you had to say. By the way, my kids have now changed to St Kilda. My kids have now changed to Port Adelaide. I had one West Coast. Then I had one Collingwood. Uh, it, you know, you've got to stand up now. This whole waiting for John to go, it, it's one of the worst branding exercises I can remember for, for a football club who <laughs> supposedly – specializes in branding and, and has it as probably its number one importance. Uh, it's just, I, I Mate, think the only, totally the only, lost. The only, the only crap they have to deal with on this subject is John's press conference. That's it. Then the whole club just shuts up because you haven't heard boo from the club other than John's press conference. That's it. You don't hear crap from the, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. You don't hear crap from the club during the week. They don't have to put up with, um, Mike Sheehan on the couch asking hard questions. They don't have to answer any any questions during the week. So it's just a matter of getting through the game. This year, I reckon it is anyway. Just get through the game. Chuck John Worsfold out in front of a camera. Get him to, try, to roll out the same old trite bull crap about being patient. And then that's it. That's all you got to deal with. So from a club's point of view... They're not going to create a controversy and let Carolyn Wilson, the biggest oxygen thief on the face of this planet, tee off on Essendon Football Club by us sacking John Worsfold with a week to go. Yeah. That will create a media shizen storm that we don't want. So what's the lesser of two evils? Just roll Worsfold out there and tell him to say nothing. Nothing controversial. Straight down the party he's line. And then con- the- Some would say he's saying plenty controversial at the moment. No, but this is the thing. Mm. They, they can just say whatever you've got to say, John, because at some stage the reporters have to go home to their missus and kids and they're going to have a roast dinner and, and catch up on their Sunday, right? But they don't. we don't have to deal with it during the week. Mm. So we, we, what's the, the lesser of two evils? The lesser of two evils is just get through this season, roll John out, and then we'll see what we can do in the off season, and we can see if Truck can actually do something. That's what they're thinking. Well, can I uh, just on a side note? I, I want to play just a little grab from Cal Toomey, right? So midweek, um, he was just asked on Essendon on the AFL podcast. Uh, I thought his answer was interesting. I'm hoping this plays. This is from my phone, so if it goes wrong, we'll keep talking. <laughs> okay. As Fold said on the weekend, nobody expected them to be a top four team this year. But what? Because since when are they reading AFL.com.au's crystal ball in March and then basing their season <laughs> off that? Like, what does it matter what I think their, their finishing uh, sort of spot should be or what you guys think or what anyone thinks? It should be an internal thing, not based on outside expectations. They need to top, stop telling everyone to be patient. It's taking time. I think people are aware, well aware of that. Um, they need to get their messaging right. You can't say we've moved on from the Asada saga and then go back to it as an excuse whenever mm. you play poorly. Um, they need to work out how to get their best players on the ground more often because they have been injury hit for a long time now and they just can't seem to get that to click. 
Uh, they all need to believe in Ben Rutten's plan or else they're absolutely no chance. They need to stick to that plan and not change it at half time when games and things are going poorly and just revert back to old structures and systems. Uh, they need to find a way to kick goals that doesn't centre on Joe Danaher being there. They've had three years to work out. <laughs> They've had three years to work out how to kick goals without him. And it's still well, pretty much. Um, and they still can't find anything there. They need to be honest about the fact that it's been a backward step and, and stop peddling the mantra that they've made big inroads in 2020. And they need to realise, I think, that as much as their own players have grown, so too have other players and clubs in the competition. It's not like just because Essendon players have gotten better and Andy McGrath and Jordan Ridley and, <laughs> and Sam Draper have gotten better. It's that just other players have stopped getting better around the comp as well. They've also gotten better. So, yeah. I think that's a an interesting point, which I was thinking about, because you always kind of list the positive, right? And you go, gee, Ridley's come on really, really well. Draper yep. looks like a player. McGrath's improved. Uh, Langford's improved. But do you know what? I started going through it and that started to stop around about there. After that was either very, very minimal improvement or no improvement or going backwards. And then you go, I've just named four, maybe at best five players out of 47 on the list. And I think that's a worthy point from Cal Toomey. We we kind of go, oh, yeah, well, Ridley, you know, there is hope, there is hope. And he's right. There are other teams, you know, 15 players have improved, you know, Yes. If you're Port Adelaide, you would say, you know, you would say up to about 12 to 15 players have really improved and, and developed a, a better system. And so we can't hold on to the fact of just plucking out four or five guys because the whole point is the the other 42 <laughs> didn't. Uh, and I know some are just injured for the whole year, so I do get that. But I think you get what, what I'm saying is uh, it, it is a team game and and, and – it can't be just individualized of just hope that it, that four guys have improved uh, when so much of the list hasn't improved or and our system hasn't has probably gone backwards in some ways. Um, and again, you you, you look at um, Port Adelaide, um, Rockcliffe. What's the other long term midfielder? What Boke? Travis Boke. Boke that's yeah. it. I know Rockcliffe. Boke's having a great was, year. Yeah. Yeah, I know Rockcliffe was dropped at some stage this season, right? Because yeah. he wasn't performing. He wasn't getting a kick. Um, he went back for a good period of time too, unless I miss my guess. He did, yeah. Um, and played in the Sandful Magoos or whatever it was. And he came back. He did his time. Now, that's a, that's a senior player that they pinched from Brizzy. That's a senior player was not getting a job done. So they put him back for a few for a few weeks. And now he's come back and he's performing brilliantly again. Same with Travis Boak. Wasn't performing very well at the start of the season. Gets spoken to by the club. Gets told to lift his socks up. And what does he do? He's back to 25 to 27 possessions a game. You don't see it, man. I love David Zyarakis more than life itself, and he is wel- welcome to my wife at any stage. However, he would have played three games and I would have dropped him. He was not getting the job done, but he's allowed to just continue to get six possessions, seven possessions. Then after 10 games or whatever he played, he kicked a couple of goals and got 20 possessions. Sure. Good players are going to do that after ten games, but mate, you don't in this side. There should be ruthlessness. There should be a level of ruthlessness um, enough to say, "Sorry, David, you're not getting it done, mate." Yeah, well, you're just not. Yeah. I, I I totally agree. I, I totally agree, and and especially the second half of the year, like you, you, that's the time. Like six weeks ago was the time 
to do the cow hooker move. If yeah. you wanted to do it with the senior. If you want to do it then, do it then. I mean, the since when we were five and two, right? I worked out when we were five and two uh, after round seven. Uh, kind of, I know it's all rounds are a bit weird this year because of, but I'll just say after round seven, after everyone played each other, played or sorry, played seven games. Yep. Since then, we're form ladder has us as seventeenth on the ladder. As one just, one win, one draw, seven losses. That uh, is not okay. So, at what point are some players, you know, uh, not accountable during that? And so, it was, uh, it just uh, again, the, the mixed messaging coming from the club is crazy. But I I do like Cal Toomey's points. Uh, I guess uh, again on the messaging and and he's right. You know, we haven't learned to play without Danaha. We haven't learned. How, how small forwards can get into the game, you know, how, how we can separate space to a small forward that, that we can hit on a lead rather than kick it long, uh, how we can, you know, how Dylan Shield can just hold the ball for an extra second uh, and try and gather himself a bit more composure and, and, and be able to hit a target rather than panic kick and, and parishes in that border in that thing as well. How, how can they just hold the ball that one half a second later just to gather themselves and mentally just look at the option? But no, we, we, we get the ball, we feel anything that's close to a footstep and it's on it's boot on the ball, sorry, ball on the boot straight away. And, and like we've and got Aaron Sandilands down there and, and, and bloody Dean Cox and the, the Wally from Collingwood. Yeah, the Yank from Collingwood. Like we've got the world's tallest footballers down there, or something, and all we're going to do is just bomb it in their general vicinity, and they're going to take marks one-handed. Yeah, and I found Worsfold's comment uh, on the presser afterwards. He he mentioned how good the first quarter was, and he said, "Oh, and then the second quarter, the you know f- the players just decided to sort of run on the outside, change up their basically saying change up their game plan, and we lost all the contested position, and obviously we got smashed." And I, and I thought to myself, like, how easy you could just say that. But what you're really saying is uh, they just totally told, said John and to truck, okay, this quarter we're just completely ignoring the game plan. Like what worked? Like, I mean, how – it's a really damning statement Like to say, oh, well, the players just changed the way they want – you know, the way we were playing and then they decided that they could get on the outside uh, and change the whole thing up and then we, you know – and then we would lose our pressure, our tackling, our contested footy, our clearance work. We'd, you know, but he's saying the players chose to do that. And I go, that's a really – Who's running da- the club, man? Like, Who's running the club? <laughs> like, it's like you're, you're going to give – you know, I would go hard. Like why did you do that? Who did that? Who are the leaders who accepted that and were culpable? Like who is who was over 26 and on the leadership group that was had a hand in that and not calling it out? Start making hard decisions. Uh, understand hey, where Stewart, your playing group is. Jimmy Stewart and Sean McKernan in 20, what feels like 2002, it's been that long ago, um, they were playing so far up the ground and having this Pagan's Paddock that we didn't know how to play. Uh, the, Jimmy Stewart and McKernan were both dropped because they would not hang around inside 50 They'd be coming up looking for marks at the halfway line. Poor Adam Sard would get the ball on the half-back line, look up to try and spot someone at a half-forward line, and Sean McKernan and Jimmy Stewart would be standing in the middle of the bloody MCG. And so we'd have to kick it 25 metres, and then what? And yep. they got dropped, and you didn't see Jimmy and uh, Jimmy Stewart for the rest of the year. Yeah. Now, what's changed there? 
if the players can at the at a whiff of pressure just make a decision to play in a different way, then I'm sorry, but truck and Wusher, you don't have the players. If that's the case, then you know what needs to happen there. Yeah, well, if, yeah, if, and that's that's very true. I'm sorry to cut you off. You, you're right. If Truck feels like players aren't going to obey his instructions, then you know I know Ron Conley feels like the Essen needs a real bit rebuild, um, but it's not far from it. You you know you actually have to work out as talented as some may be if they're not on the program and they're not they're just going to be selfish and ignore your voice. Then you're you are going to get sacked because of them. So you, is one it going to be two things yeah happen. one of two one things going to happen? You got to address it, make some hard calls, trade if you have to, delist if you have to, but you've got to get a group that comes in that hears a voice because right now the Adelaide Football Club is ahead of us, and no matter what the ladder says, right now they're building from scratch a system, an identity, uh, a value of how they want to play. They've won three in a row, uh, and they're. They're a team I, I more envy than the Essendon Football Club, even though they're last on the ladder, because they've got a clear way as a club of how they want to approach it. They understand they don't have the talent on the list, but what they're doing is building a, an identity and a culture and a game plan and a system that they believe is going to work in the end. And they've, they've been hardline on that message all year. And as the year's gone on, they got slightly better, slightly better, slightly better, almost win some games, very close, and then they've won three in a row. Uh, and that's that's what you call 12 months, new coach, building. building a system that we have completely gone the opposite way. Uh, because we've got much more talent. So it's no excuse to say they're 18th and we're 13th. Our talent is obviously a lot more better. Uh, so it's... So it's clear that they're now, once they start getting some talented players in, own a much better system base and culture than we are right now. And that's what I was saying. If you noticed it in in the what are we talking? What are we up to, Scotty? On the on the the, the opening rant before the break. What time? Uh, Thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, Have you noticed that in the thirty minutes, uh, listeners? That Scotty and I haven't mentioned the word that we don't have enough talent. We haven't mentioned that Hibbard's, I don't know, that he's going to be the greatest player in the world um, and that uh, this player is no good or that player is no good, right? We haven't mentioned that. What we're now thinking is that because it is so desperate times now is that the Essendon Football Club does have, it has no culture. The Adelaide Football Club, whatever they did at that preseason um, uh, 360 degree army training thing, that near folded that club. That near destroyed it, right? And with less um, defined but- terms, the Essendon Football Club has done over the last six to eight years what Adelaide did in one preseason off off season, right? But what they then did was sacked every person they could find, and they built from scratch. And it's taken them less than one season, less than one season to go line in the sand. Here's what we believe in. If you like it, great. If you don't, you don't play. As in like, and you want to yeah. know what John Worst fault? That's what I mean when I say not this club, no friggin' way, not this club, because we don't we don't accept. Oh, look, sorry, no, yeah, it'll just take a while. No, we'll get there. No, we don't accept that, John. I'm terribly sorry. 
you might accept it at other busted clubs that are not, and I don't frankly care about them. But it, as is evidenced this year by St Kilda and now Adelaide, that you can draw a line in the bloody sand, you can put your hand up and say, nope, sorry, not happening. We're not going to play like this moving forward because we're, we're, the players that we have are absolutely capable of much more. So why the hell isn't it happening? So you get you get Jason Dunstall and you get Dennis Pagan and you get all of these ex-footballers and you put Matty Lloyd on there as well. Or so, And you, you just give them unfettered access to the club and you get them to tell you what the hell is wrong as opposed to covering your ass and making it so that Carolyn Wilson doesn't have a headline for you tomorrow. Yeah, and, and if it, if if the end of that review means that a there is a, a, a what I would say a, a mini rebuild means there's some leaders or there's some old, old players that are affecting the culture or the system, then you make that hardcore. It's better then do it. To, then gotta, just just do yeah. it. Like, but come out after that report with the report in your right hand, wave it at all of the reporters and go, here it is. We asked for this. We as, a, as a, an administration and a coaching staff and a playing list knew that we had to do this and that we would accept as being true the outcomes of the report. Now, if that outcome of the report says everybody over the age of 32 has got to go, then see your bomber fans. One we, take this, uh, we take this on board. We've listened to these experts and they've told us the following. What we now need to do if we were to adopt all of the recommendations in this report is rebuild. So everybody gets played, everybody, the kids start to play and we go straight back to the draft. And if that means draft, uh, means uh, trading somebody that we've drafted in, in, the, in into the club in, inside the last three years, if that means trading them or delisting them, then so be it. And, it, and, it, and it, means, it means no names are off the table. If, no, if, absolutely if, not. If if it means Joe Danaher is wishy washy whether he wants to play next year and says I'm not really sure, I don't know if I want to. If he's like that, then that's a cultural shift. You may have to just go. Well, actually, Joe, if you know, if you don't, then it's probably just best we we get you the best deal possible outside because yeah. we need people coming in. And I'm, so I'm not saying that. I'm just giving an example. So don't go hatred on Joe. That's, no, no, no. that's it, obviously it's... not the case, but I don't know that. But I'm just giving an example, you know. If it means, if it means hey, we've looked at your midfield, you know, the, there is a little bit of selfishness in that midfield. Um, there is uh, uh, in key areas there's a, a lack of skill and decision-making that's just not going to improve from some guys who are 26 and over. Then you might have to make some hard calls because if you if you need guys to hit targets uh, and make right decisions to be a successful team, then that's what I mean. There's some hard calls you may have to make. Uh, but look, we'll go to a break, mate. So we'll come back. Woo! I think that's a new record, Scotty. Uh, we'll go to our, our sponsor after the break, but uh, and we'll, we'll we'll kind of finish off the show and see where we go from there. And we've got a, an exciting thing to remind people of a of a, a massive show Wednesday night. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then. Tell Scotty, me about Speaking Finance. Yes. Now, our sponsor, <laughs> Speaking Finance. 
Um, sorry, I just had to swallow just then. That was really unprofessional. Speaking finance, our guys at Speaking Finance, they're finance brokers. Um, they specialize in personal and business loans, right? These are a great bunch of Essendon guys, Steve Ems and the guys down there at Speaking Finance. Um, they work uh, in the uh, the finance industry, specializing in personal and business loans. If you're looking for a, um, a new car, a new plant, piece of plant, um, if you're a tradie, if you're looking to get a second car, um, for the for the missus or you're looking to um, get another car because your kids just turned 16 or something like that, give the guys at Speaking Finance a call. Um, they can absolutely help you with the paperwork um, for applying for those sort of things. Um, Steve, the founder or one of his finance um, brokers, um, can absolutely help you down there. They're passionate Don supporters. Um, they also do mortgage um, broking as well at yep. Speaking Finance. I should have mentioned that earlier. Um, they do mortgage broking down at Speaking Finance. They're um, they're great guys. They've um, they're passionate Essendon supporters. They're they're just as likely to want to uh, talk finance with you as uh, as discuss. I don't know. After this podcast, <laughs> did Grant and Scott go overboard with a thirty minute rant on the Essendon Football Club? Yeah, well, so, yeah. I mean, uh, I I know Steve quite well, uh, so um, he's probably going to be one of your main contacts. So when when you, um, it's best to go through their Facebook site, Speaking Finance Facebook site. Uh, they'll definitely um, uh, answer all your queries, uh, uh, financial queries. Steve's a great guy, so um, let him know the lunchtime catch up um, sent sent you, and and yep. he'll get you uh, a a good deal, which we cannot guarantee. <laughs> No, no speaking finance. Okay, he'll get you a good deal, no, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, but it, there's no at a discount on, on behalf of the. No, that, that's what I mean. Like you can you can say Grant and Scott uh, sent you, and he'll go. That's excellent. That's what that's why we're sponsoring the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast. Um, get hold of him on the Facebook because he replies back to that pretty quickly. Um, and then you can make an appointment to have a chat to those boys and and girls down there. Um, you can also get them on speakingfinance.com.au. A massive thank you to those guys for sponsoring us. Um, the, uh, um, they've sponsored us all the way through these crapola games. So a massive thank you to Steve and his team down there at speaking finance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I almost feel for them a bit. <laughs> that time. <laughs> Well, it's meant to be. It's meant to be a bit more cheerful for the sponsors. Yeah, it's supposed uh, to be a bit more cheerful, upbeat. Don's won by ten points. Yay! Get f- sparking up on speaking finance. No, look, it, look it, I know finance can be a little. Uh, sh- don't don't tell anybody. My wife's in the in the next room. Finance can be a little bit boring, but um, Steve and those guys uh, will absolutely uh, will cheer you up whenever you ring him. Like I said, if you ever get to sit in front of the man, he'll buy you a coffee. Um, so uh, thank you very much again to uh, Steve and the boys and girls down there at Speaking Finance. Uh, so, look, uh, on uh, Wednesday night, uh, just a reminder, uh, we're going to have a live show, which will come out Thursday. I should make sure, make sure I get that correct. So on Wednesday night this week, we're going to have Sean Wellman, John Barnes, Jason Johnson, Joe City, and Scott Lucas all on and, um, and, with, and, our, with our great man, Rowan Connolly, help, yeah. help hosting so we're going to go. We really wanted to celebrate uh, as a best time than ever uh, the 2000 grand final year where we only lost one game. Um, we went best, best season of AFL football in history. 24 and one. That's pretty incredible. So uh, uh, we're going to have all those guys on a Zoom podcast. That's going to come out on audio and video. So it'll be uh, there'll be a YouTube so you can actually watch the guys talk to us. Uh, so look, that will be so exciting. Um, Please um please make sure that you uh that you watch 
um, on the video and just watch Scotty and I's eyes about five or six seconds into the podcast when we realise <laughs> <laughs> we've got Lucas Johnson, Mercedes, Wellman, Barnes yes. on a Zoom cod podcast with us. Absolute premiership heroes in our eyes. We're going to be looking like proverbial deers in the headlights, um, but loving every second of it. Yeah, if you uh, if you hear that kind of nervous giggle, it's just being unprofessional and 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 seeing our heroes in front of us. So yeah, having a a quarter of the premiership side in front of us is going to be uh, different, uh, but it'll be look, it'll be amazing. We're just gonna... extra, extra, sorry, extra, extra excited to talk to Barnsley. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Barnsley's an Aussie bloke, mate. He's I reckon he's going to be. He'll be good if we can get Barnsley fired up. That'll be brilliant. So, uh, yeah, so um, outside of that, uh, there's not much else to say. We're, we're going to leave it uh, a, a fairly bit of a shorter show today. So we're, we've obviously got our, our other – we've got two main shows this week, so you're getting uh, two free ones, which is pretty cool. Uh, so we'll leave this one a little bit shorter. I think you kind of get the gist of where we're at. We, Yeah, we could have gone through stats, but it wasn't much point with the, with the loss. and um, Smashed. We got smashed. And, then, and then there was very few highlights. I mean – uh, the only, you know, I just, my only comment was I loved watching Jordan Ridley play this year. He's been my highlight. I think McGrath's improvement's been one of also my other highlights and, and seeing Sammy Draper um, uh, just having a, a presence Act in his like games. like a ruckman. Uh, so the, that's kind of the positives. Uh, but, you know, if I'm being honest, I can also see clear delistings. Um, and I can see him in that game as well. Uh, yep. uh, there's some guys that got caught up, and I can see that just not in the contest, and uh, and shirked a few tackles, and uh, and and was a little bit soft on occasion. So they they've got an interesting uh, period ahead of them. The Essendon Football Club. Uh, you'd, you'd figure after this period of time, the Bombers, the the Essendon Footy Club would be, I don't know, they'd be they'd be just putting the icing on top of what they would hope would be pretty close to a premiership. Admins doing okay off the field, but unfortunately, the entire admin of that club and the coaching staff, starting the week after the Melbourne game, they really need to be at um, Tullamarine working on next season. Yeah. They've got the busiest; they should have the busiest off season they've ever had in their lives because we've gone back a massive amount. So wherever the hell the club thought we were, we're not even close to being there. So massively hard decisions need to be made. And the bit that worries me, mate, is that I don't reckon they will. No, I um, I totally agree. It was interesting to see uh, Matthew Lloyd respond to uh, John Worsfold's comments. I, I don't know if you want to hear them, mate. Do you want to hear some? Yes, mate. Let's go for it. Okay. Um, look, the, the, the bottom line is with John Walsfold, he's only got one more game at the helm, presuming uh, they don't sort of stage a miracle and make the actual finals. But um, he's, uh, throughout his tenure at Essendon, it's quite clear in his media conferences that he doesn't take too kindly to criticism. I mean, he's taken journalists to tasks. And this week, uh, he took our very own Matthew Lloyd to task. This was on the back of uh, Lloyd's, I've got to say, scathing criticism yep. of the Bombers and just where they're at. So this was John Walsfold's um, scathing response. I think it's just Matthew's uh, personal opinions. He's a commentator, not a journalist, from my understand. So don't expect him to make um, journalistic comments. As he's just an opinion opinion maker, and um, you know he's welcome to do that. He's not making them as an Essendon 
champion. He's making him someone who has to um, earn his pay. Certainly, I've never made one comment in my life to, about a pay packet. It's always just trying to be fair across all the board. And what I see, I go with. And uh, he also said, I don't think he's garnered much support with his comments. I've never had so many uh, excellent people <laughs> get in touch with me to say thank you. Thank you for saying, showing some passion. Because there's no passion, there's no emotion, there's no conviction. The mixed messages, they're just at their wits' end. And for him to come out there yesterday and talk about, um, you know, with where, where we're at, we're a young team, we're this, we're that. It was just another, it was just another piece of you know, John just confusing everyone with his mixed messages. And I asked Dan Richardson on 3OW yesterday, what is, what is the identifiable brand for Essendon? What can, you, what can Essendon supporters yep. be looking forward to? And this was the response. It's made it in the papers today. A brand of footy where we're well connected between defence and attack, playing more of the ball in our forward half, setting up well behind it and applying good pressure around the ball. Well, Essendon are ranked 14th for time in forward yep. half 14th. and 15th for pressure. So there's nothing that's identifiable for what they're saying they want to play. So, yep. But just, you love your club too. Oh, yeah, and you hate right. seeing where they are right yep, now, yep. don't you? And I think the passion, there's no emotion out of Rutten. Mm. There's no emotion yep. out of Worsfold. Mm. And I think people have liked seeing me show some passion yeah, about where I think exactly. the club wants to get to, which unfortunately no one internally is. I don't want to put you on the spot, yeah. but I'm going to, right? So I just want you to give Warsfold a, a parting 10 seconds, mm -hmm. straight down the barrel, in a nutshell, what do you want to say to John I would Warsfold? say thank you for taking over at a time when the club was an absolute mess in regards to the supplement saga, but I think they probably should have ended John's term 12 months ago. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's... Uh... Wow. I mean, oh. that's a nice little depressing way to uh, finish the podcast. But unfortunately, and this is this is my opinion on this one as well, is that, again, please show me where he's wrong, man. He's, it's I know Lloyd is now employed by a media company and he's there to, um, to be Matthew Lloyd and to have kicked 900 goals or every, how many he kicked um, and be the legend that he is. But make no doubt, you don't play for a club that long and be a club legend and have your name at the end of Eddie, uh, of bloody Marvel Stadium without loving the club. No. So his, his words are very true. And the bit that really disappoints me is the club won't go in any way, shape or form to admit it. They don't have to come out and say, just throw himself on the ground and say, whip me with a stick. They just have to say, this has been unacceptable this year. We haven't played the way we want to play. And by hook or by bloody crook, we're going to fix it. We're sorry, Bomber fans. That won't happen again. No, I That's all we want. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and just on updated news, uh, Luke Ball yesterday was let go by the club. That's obviously more reliant to the COVID restrictions and obviously salary and everything like that. So that's not. there's no scandal or anything behind that. That's just a lot of clubs are having to do this. Um, it's an interesting one with Luke Ball because – He's been so quiet. Like, you, even though you hear Luke Ball gets let go by the club, and, and I must admit, I was like, oh, I actually thought he was already. Uh, yeah. And he's been very much the quiet achiever. For someone of such high standing and so high standards, uh, he's obviously very different to a Brendan Goddard by nature, like as an ex-St. Kilda. But, um, yeah. There's it, a bloke I'd like to see as our development coach. Oh, I, I, I mean, look. If I had a wish list, I'd I, I would I feel like I want to personally ask Brendan Goddard to be on the board. If I'm being honest, I you know I've got to remember things like Jake Carlisle and how Jake Carlisle 
um, I know for a fact was all over the shop and culturally a mess at our club. He called it out at a training meeting. It almost led to, well, it didn't, it kind of led to Carlo asking for a trade and God, I I think was all fine with that uh, because he wanted to get their culture right. Um, And I think that's what you need at some point. uh, If you, if you look back for me and I know we had a, uh, 2016, we we've kind of played for nothing and it was nothing to lose. But he was the captain that year. And tell me the last time you felt proud of the way Essendon presented every game. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it was 2016 and he's the captain. So I, I, I personally, for me, I would love Brendan Goddard to consider the board because I think he is a guy that would go to a board meeting and if you heard crap, he would call it out. Because uh, that's his he's, nature. It's uh. called uncompromising. He's uncompromising, and I think I can sit here and say that we we don't put up with this kind of stuff, and we're not a busted ass club. I think if I was to um, concentrate more on my education, I would say that we are an un- we should be, and we have been in the past an uncompromising club. Yeah. We don't make allowances for poor performance. We shouldn't. Show me a club in the history of this of this of the world in any sport that is successful at the top of its sport for a long period of time that just goes along with things and just has a, has a coach that comes out and says, ah, look, look, you, you, you shouldn't expect to be successful. Essentially says you shouldn't expect to be successful. doesn't exist. Mm. Right. And if it doesn't exist with the coaching staff, then the management comes over the top and says, okay, all right. End of story. Um, that's not happening moving forward, which is exactly what David Kosh did. And it annoys me that I've got to look to a bloke from, from bloody South Australia to show how to to, to actually um, administer a club. But anyway, um, I think... Yeah, so look, we'll, wrap, to... we'll wrap it up. Uh, I, I do believe, and, and look, I'll be stand corrected if I'm wrong, but I do believe um, from a little birdie that Paul Brasher may be... Um, having an interview on SEN Monday morning, Melbourne time. So that would be very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be very much keen to hear what he has to say. So, well, look, we'll wrap it up. Um, thanks to all our Patreons who, uh, yes. who support the show. Just on a side note, we did the best thing. We had a uh, – our Patreon guys, we just had an open call out and say, hey, here's a link. Here's an open link. Everyone get onto Zoom and we're just going to chat about our frustrations at Essendon or, or what we think is positive. It was all open. You know, anyone could say anything. We had 45 people on Zoom and we're just – it was really respectful. It was a really great chat um, and it was so good to uh, just have a community that was just open, respectful and just talking about their concerns, some of their positives, some of their negatives. Um, so, you know, if, if people want to ever consider – joining a Patreon. We're going to do a few of those shows um, through the trade weeks and everything like that. Just have like a forum of what do we think of this situation? What do we think of this? Um, It was something that was, it was one of my favorite things we've done this year. So uh, we've obviously got our other two Patreon shows that will continue our team changer show and our post game show. So it's a good time to join. It's only just $2. If if you want to consider it, no, no pressure. Speaking of joining. Yep. A um, couple of new Patreons, there were a few new Patreons that we've had just recently. Um, Amadma, uh, whoa, geez, uh, my apologies, Amadma. Uh, that would be Amanda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to come out as Amanda, came out as Amadma. 
Um, that's probably her middle name. Amanda Amadzma Edmiston. Cool um, last name. I like it. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Amanda. Cheryl, mm, uh, Cheryl Rabin, 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 Rabin. I'm going to go with Rabin. I know Cheryl. Cheryl Rabin. Lovely lady. Lovely lady. Thank you very much, Cheryl, for joining us. Um, Maddie Pocock. I think we spoke to him on the Zoom session. Thank you very much, Maddie. Love Maddie too. Um, and Gwendolyn Neto. Gwendolyn, I spelled her name incorrectly in my message to her. Um, so I apologize for that. Um, my, uh, my apologies, Gwendolyn. So, um, a massive thank you for joining us. Um, and again, Jason, um, ooh, Jason, mate, you're going to have to, uh, write back to me <laughs> on the Patreon and tell us how to pronounce that name because, ooh, Odzik, 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 great name. Love it. Um, Brenton Humphrey, Shane Rule, Adrian, Morris Garumba. Brad O'Brien, Emmeline Williams, going down the list a good way. Um, Sam Allardyce, David Costas, Rezel Cocker, Anthony O'Dwyer, Simon Thomas, Joel, Chris Ramsey, Tom Hempenstall, cool name, Deborah, Robert Keevy, Jim Savas, and the list goes on. So massive thank you to you guys. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, this is us signing off. Uh, let's go for the D-Hiss next week, see if we can get a win. Go, Bombers! Go, Bombers!